Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit paypal.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to episode 316 of Something New. I'm your host, Joel B. New. How's everybody been for the past two weeks? Is, uh, is everybody getting acclimated to the new summer-like weather? Because I am not. I am sitting here drinking out of my Something New mug, as is tradition. And um, I know you're all dying to know, but uh, it is iced coffee. But then it's going to be followed by hot coffee, or just coffee, as it were, because um, I did not make enough in advance to have it all properly iced. So first cup is iced, and then we're going to transition to to the hot variety. And um, that's all very well and good. Oh my goodness. So we're all caught up now. (laughs) It kind of feels that way. The last two weeks and the next two weeks are pretty much all about New York Musical Theater Festival. It's been all about getting my ducks in a row, and by ducks I mean my singers. (laughs) And I hope no one gets offended by my calling them ducks, or I hope more importantly that the duck community does not get insulted by my comparing them to uh, humans uh, assembling singers and the band and the creative team and then remembering that I also have to make sure that people actually know about the concert and that they and, and that they come. Um, those are all really important things and have been on my mind pretty constantly. I'm looking at my dry erase board, which has three different to-do lists on it. And it's looking pretty good, I must say. I am pretty proud of myself. But just to give you an inside look into uh, how my head is on all of this, um, under the Tehel and Back which is the concert happening July 7th at 6 p.m. at the Beachman, um, there's a bullet point that, um, for a second this morning, I was like, E-flat last. What, do I, what, do, what did I mean by that? At what point of the evening did I write down E-flat last? And then I, and then I realized it, it's E-blast. I'm reminding myself to send an E-blast about the concert. So, so there's that. So look in your inbox for, for a good old E-flat last, probably around the same time that you're downloading this episode. So that's what's going on. So yeah, we have the cast, the band. Um, I've heard most of the orchestrations now by the incomparable Scott Wasserman, who's also one of the orchestrators on Hamilton which is starting previews fairly soon on on the Broadway. And you guys, like, even though we haven't even started rehearsals yet, like, the show sounds pretty dang good. Like, if we just all sat in a room and, and I just hit play on the orchestrations, I think... I think we'd still have a pretty good time. I promise we're actually going to have real instruments and real people. Um, if you went to the Ars Nova concert of To Hell and Back, probably in 2010, 2011, you'll you'll definitely hear some 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 favorites from the score that haven't left the piece since uh, inception. Uh, but there have been some new songs written over the years, and um, so now we we have a nice uh, tight set list of of some 
some older songs, some newer songs. Um, we've done some some fun song reassignments, and uh, yeah, we have a cast of six. You know, we just kind of downsized the the ideal cast of ten when it you know has staging and, and movement upon it, and with three principals and three ensemble, and um, I'm just really really excited. If you can't tell, and I. And I look forward to seeing all of you there and celebrating this latest incarnation of To Hell and Back before something something else that is also cool happens to the piece. I did realize, because I'm something of a podcast junkie myself, and I am obsessed with How Was Your Week with Julie Klausner, and I was listening to her episode this weekend, and I guess she's putting together a Joe's Pub show... That's got a few nights, but her first night is July 7th at 7. She has the coveted 7-7 seven, seven at 7. I'm so... <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm... Um, it's fine. But, um, but, but good news is that you can come to the Beachman on Tuesday, July 7th at 6, at 6, and see all of the concert, and then just, you know, hop in a... Hop in an Uber and head head downtown and be a little late, uh, be a little tardy for the party, for Julie Klausner's party. But, or just stay for my show and, um, and then go and have um, some copious amounts of drinks with me because I will need them. Or a nap, or just like a group nap, or both. You'll have to come to find out. Because it is a concert. And because time and budget and everything, you know, everything's really, there's not a lot of anything except talent. (laughs) But because we're a concert, you know, we're not starting rehearsals for like another week. Uh, I mean, like people have their materials and everyone's prepping and, um, and all that good stuff. But there really hasn't been an opportunity to get everyone in a room and like take photos and post them and, and say things like, check this out, Broadway world. Look at us rehearsing. Um, we don't really have that luxury, so later this afternoon, my beloved and cherished director, Lori Walter Hudson, and I are heading down to Ripley Greer, uh, and in, in room 10C, and we're going to be filming ourselves, talking about the piece, uh, so we're going to be doing some, some light video promo work for our piece, and, um, you'll be, um... One of those will probably be embedded in your E-flat last, so look for that. Tickets are a little higher than I'm used to, but it's totally going to be worth it. And Nymph has this this cool deal with the Beachman where they're... And if anyone has been to or produced an event at the Beachman or, or any or any you know cabaret venue that also serves alcohol, there's always like this two-drink minimum to drink food minimum thing in addition to your ticket. I'm here to tell you, boys and girls, that To Hell and Back in Concert does not have that. That's right. For the first time in your lives, you will be walking to the Beachman and no one will be pressuring you to buy food and drink. On Thursday, again, this is so, it's so nymphtastic. Thursday, July 2nd at 11 p.m., uh... Ben Cameron's Broadway Sessions, hi Ben, is hosting a Nymph preview concert, and I'm involved in that. I have no idea what I'm presenting, or who's singing it, or 
any of that stuff because we'll have like just barely begun rehearsals. Um, but I'm really excited to find out. So uh, find out with me on Thursday, July 2nd at 11 p.m. And then, you know what, just stay. Just, you know, camp out. And then, you know, in, in five days' time, we'll be back. And, um, you know, just, you know, make the beachman your home. <laughs> make the beachman your beach. Okay, I think that about does it. And we are ready to get to episode 316 with my special guest, Charlie Johnson, who is making his directorial debut at Nymph. What a coincidence. In the interview, we talk about his artistic and, you know, his, his, what, what inspires him, what influences him. And um, on the train ride uh, back to our respective apartments, he, he remembered one of his influences that he forgot to list in the episode, and that influence is the Golden Girls. So I just want to leave you with that thought as we go into the episode. So here we go. Enjoy um, episode 316, Charlie Johnson. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with the savviest performers I know, to hear their stories, and get to the heart of what makes them the working, multifaceted artists they have come to be. Today's guest artist is an artist... (laughs) That's redundant. Today, it's good to know, though. Yeah, it's just just in case you didn't you See, missed it. It's an artist. Yeah, it is an artist. It's like <laughs> present. Yeah, pre- pre- yeah. Uh, today's guest artist is an artist living in New York. He is currently directing Head Voice for Nymph. As an actor, he has been seen in venues across the nation, like Paper Mill Playhouse and the Fifth Avenue Theater. As a cabaret artist, he recently debuted his club act Charlie Anything But Basic at the Metropolitan Room to rave reviews. He is reprising his performance this September at 54 Below. Upcoming projects include participation in the Fifth Avenue's Next Fest and assistant directing Into the Woods for North Carolina Theater. He has a BFA from Elon University. Obviously, I am talking about Charlie Johnson. Charlie Johnson, thanks for being on my show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am excited to have you. Savviest performers, you know. I'm glad I fit into that category. You did. You did. Quite easily, in fact. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thank you. Yourself? I'm great. I'm great. We are uh, We are in, um, for change of scene, many changes of scene, we are in Michigo Studios this week. The only jazz studios in New York City. That's great. It's true. It was on the business card. It was on their business card. Must yeah, be true. Must be true. <laughs> <laughs> they had, a, um, this is the third room we've been in this evening. Our first room, we were, um, just because of timing, our first rehearsal, our first 30 minutes was in a rehearsal room, and then the next 30 minutes was in the... The opera, opera room, room, where everything became much more classical automatically. Yeah, yeah and classier. <laughs> and now we're in room E. So welcome, welcome to room E. Yes. Yeah, I like all that of you. The place. Yeah, welcome everyone. Well, first I like to talk about how I meet people, and I met you not that long ago. Mm-mm. Very like two months, a month, maybe. Yeah, like very randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, I am friends with Krissa Bertels. And who's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And um, she was helping me uh, rope together a group of, of singers, an ensemble, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, to, <laughs> to sing on uh, the latest To Hell and Back demo. And um, we needed a tenor, and she brought Charlie, and I quickly became obsessed with you. And the rest, as they say, is history. It's history. Yeah. 
So thanks. Oh yeah, that <laughs> concert was. I had a blast doing that concert. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. he was also part of the Flash Mob for uh, for Joel B. New in concert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really fun, and I'm. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it went super well. Thank you. I do too. Mm-hmm. Gonna do it again probably in the fall mm-hmm. after all this nymph madness and. Yeah, I was yeah. telling you. I was telling you earlier that I loved that Cabot Cove song. Thank you. When you brought the Cabot Cove reference, I died. <laughs> and Connor, my friend, Connor Russell, Connor Russell, who is just like, oh, I don't know, twelve, nine months. No, he's yeah. nine months, my <laughs> junior. He just doesn't have facial hair. Oh, that's the difference. And he didn't get the Murder She Wrote reference. Oh, that kills me. And I was like, yeah, I was like, who are you? You should know. You should know this show. Yeah, I grew. I mean, I grew up. On Murder, She Wrote. You did as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. My Murder, She Wrote and Star Trek The Next Generation. And Wheel of Fortune. Oh, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I was really good. I wanted to be a contestant. Did you ever enter it? I I stood in line to audition for it (laughs) at a mall once, and they just never called my number. I mean, you tried? Yeah, I was there. I was so close. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and I die for Angela Lansbury. I think right. Oh my God, she's my she's my mm, close to my, maybe my number one. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna say she's your spirit animal. Kind of her and Elaine Stritch. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, I miss her. I miss her too. On that note, good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie. <laughs> So, Elon University, am I pronouncing that right? Elon. You are, yes. Thank you, I was really scared. Um, Elon is in North Carolina. It is. Is that where you're from? No, I grew up in South Georgia. All right. All right. I mean, the deep south. It's this town called Moultrie. Moultrie. Uh, uh Uh-huh, Moultrie, Georgia. It's very near... Did you know Georgia at all? No. I know Designing Women. Okay. <laughs> Sugar Bakers. <laughs> Sugar Bakers. I loved her. I loved Andy Potts on that. Um, Moultrie is very far south. It's about a half an hour from Florida. Wow. Yeah, so we're like, oh, okay. wow. we're in the deep south. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah, and I grew up there, and I would do all my theater growing up in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. You would actually jump state yeah, lines. Yeah, jump state lines, baby, got to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was about an hour. So my parents were like, commute me back and forth. Wow, those are good parents. Mm-hmm. They're very supportive. Very. Yeah. Very. Um, are you an only child? I am. I thought so. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, Joel! No, it's a co- No, no, just... No, it's not a... Co- what do you mean? It's probably not a compliment. No, but it's... it's. I mean, it's not a judgment. It's just... If you'd have been like, oh, I never would have guessed that, then I'd be like, oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm so down to earth. <laughs> I'm so down to earth. <laughs> yes, I am. I am an only child. Um, awesome. Yeah, which which is great. Yeah. But, um... So supportive parents. Supportive parents. They would drive Georgia. me down to Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. And I would do all my theater growing up there. What are, what are some of your shows that you did as a child? I was um, Harold Hill in The Music Man. Yeah, you were. I tell you, I mean, Trouble Trouble was a showstopper. It was like Liza Minnelli doing it. was like, I'm going to be in the and the stands for pool. It was, it was, I mean, perhaps not, it was not in character, but it was a showstopper, you know? I yeah. just turned it on. Yeah. Um. What else? I did Joseph. I was, um... Mm-hmm. I was in Big, the musical. Do you know that score? Of course I, yeah. Well, it was, I mean, when did that come out? 94? 96? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mid-90s. And I guess was a, a big commercial flop here. Yes, it was. I had no idea. I was, uh, my dad was stationed in Hawaii at the time, and so we had no idea what was happening mm-hmm. anywhere, except we would go to Borders, and there was, you know, 
a big CD, and, uh-huh. and it cost like twenty five dollars. It was like it was ridiculous, uh-huh. like overpriced, and um, for the soundtrack, for the soundtrack. I, yeah, yeah, it's a great. I think it's a great score. Make <laughs> stars. I can give you stars. stars. I, I want to go home. Billion. Was like in my book for years. <laughs> did you do the false the the false settlement? I did. Got to. Yeah. Right. I want to go home. Um, yeah, I love that score. Yeah. So, that's another so you did big. Yeah, we did big. Who, this. Who were you in big? I was Josh. I was big Josh. I mean, they're all high schoolers. Yeah. Was like. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I got to do that, which was cool. I mean, a show that's rarely done. It's true. Um, yeah, and that cool. was fun. That was senior year, and then I did a lot. I mean, the place I went, the place I learned my craft down in Tallahassee was a place called Young Actors Theater. Okay, and we do like three big shows a year. So that's I got a to, lot. Yeah, it is. And they're like a youth theater. That's what they do. They offer classes and they and they put on performances. Are they still around? They are, yeah. Awesome. They're a great organization. Shout out. Um, shout out to young actors, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. So yeah, that's where I really learned in high school. That's where I learned yeah. what was going on. And then were you a musical theater major? or I was. I was yeah. a music theater major at Elon University, class of 2012. Uh, young. <laughs> so young. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great program down there. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And I was very keen on going to a program. I mean, conservatories are great. That's some people's jam, and mm-hmm. I totally get that. But I wanted to go to a university. Yep. And take some some academics as well. Which, sometimes I was like, great decision. And then, like, senior year, like, science class, I was like, get totally me out. Yeah, down. I just yeah. want to be dancing. <laughs> um, yeah, but Elon was great. I met a, a lot of wonderful people there. Got a lot of great training. Yeah, and then I graduated. So among other things, you identify as an actor, a director, and a cabaret artist. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess I Are do. Are those the big three? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure what's what's going on right now, Joel. <laughs> I mean like yeah. That's okay. I, it is okay. Yeah, I began as an actor. It hasn't been that long. Mm-hmm. Um but then I found a voice in cabaret and found I had a knack for that. And um you're hilarious and very captivating. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and now I'm, yeah, now I'm giving directing a try. Yeah, and how's that, how does that feel? <laughs> it's good. It's <laughs> a bit, yeah, it's a bit daunting between, between you and I and um, the listening public. Yeah. This show I'm directing uh, is the first time I've directed. Wow, that's so exciting. <laughs> that's really exciting. It is, ex- it is, yeah. it's very exciting. And it's been a huge, a huge learning curve, certainly. Cool. Well, we will talk more about that later. Great. Um, who, so, so actor, director, cabaret artist, who, who are your influences in that, uh, in that grab bag mm-hmm. of awesomeness? You know, the first, the first time I was really turned on to a cabaret performance or that style of performing. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, wasn't a cabaret performance. It was Elaine Stritch's one-woman show at Liberty. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. which did you I'm, see it live? Oh no, I would have. I would have. Did you? No. I would have. I would have died. But thank God HBO filmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a treasure we'll always hold on to. But that—that that was the first show. I was like, oh my god! I was like, one person. I mean, granted, Elaine Stritch is like the most fascinating human in the world. Yeah. But like, one person can make for an entertaining theatrical evening. I thought that show was so t- 
tightly constructed, so beautifully done. And I was like, I want to do something like that. And I didn't know, I didn't know what kind of venue that would fall into or what kind of space. Yeah. But eventually, that turned into a cabaret type thing. Nice. So that's how I got into there. I mean, Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> Another shout out. <laughs> Another shout out to my girl Angie. <laughs> Who's killing it? She's been killing it forever. Decades. I, my parents got me that, um, the Sweeney Todd video, you know, with George oh, Hearn and Angela Lansbury. Yeah. And that was the first, that was the first time I was like, oh my God, theater. Like it, like it legitimately scared me. Wow. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's a, it's a scary piece it's of theater. It's a very, yeah. Especially for like a, you know, a 12 year old or whatever. And that was the first time I was like, number one, who is Stephen Sondheim? Right. Got to get behind him. <laughs> yeah, he needs all the support. <laughs> he needs all, well, he needs all the support. And um, yeah, that was the first time I was like, oh my god, theater can be more than just like singing and dancing. It can really be anything we want to make it. So directing is is clearly a relatively new foray for you. Yeah, good work, yeah. Joel. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, second time you've complimented my word choices. <laughs> 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 I mean, vocabulary is impressive. Yeah, thanks. Uh, did you see a need somewhere for this? Like a need, like within yourself, or like was there a need for us on a specific project? Like what? Mm-hmm. What made you decide to even like put the hat on? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, this this past year, some of the theater work I was I was doing some work on some various theaters, and I realized thing that I um, as like an ensemble person, you're like which is what I professionally, what I've done primarily in the theater. You're, uh, you know, you're set. Like, they come in and they have, like, the Bible. And, like, they go through and it's like, you stand on seven and you have this reaction here. You're happy here. Whatever, whatever. And, I mean, that's not bad. That's the way it's done economically sometimes. Mm-hmm. Did that, did that, was that yeah, clear? That yeah. So, like, as I was going through some of these productions, I began to realize that the reason... I was first attracted to this career, to this life, to this business, was to create. Uh-huh. I mean, you understand that. Yeah. That's, that's who we are innately as artists. And I was like, wasn't getting that, I wasn't getting that fill. So that led me to start out some other cabaret stuff. And then Ethan Anderson who's the guy that wrote Head Voice, this nymph show. Okay. He's my MD for my cabaret shows. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we went to Elon together. He is two years my junior. And he wrote this show in school, tried it out there, did out-of-town tryout at Elon yeah. University. Yeah. And submitted it to Nymph for their full production and got picked up. That's great. And he asked me if I wanted to direct. And I thought about it, and I was like... Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, it was just like, this is what I've been looking for. This is something, an artistic challenge. This is a new way to stretch my artistic yeah. mind. Um, Had you said to anyone, I'm thinking about adding directing to my resume? Or, like, did you did you ever, like, voice that? Or You know, that's interesting. It's hard to even, right now, it's hard for me to say I'm a director. Or even, yeah. you know what I mean? It's weird. Those words are foreign coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I haven't. I've to my close friends. I've yeah. like coming out. No, but I believe I tra- like, I'm transitioning. Yeah, um, but I'm a big fan of like uh, I'm a big believer. In, yeah, putting the you know Absolutely. say what you want. Yeah, no, I've I have been clear with that. It's tough because I don't know 
I have a lot of interest right now. Like you yeah. do. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. So it's like I don't know what my clear path is, but I'm trying new things out. That's great. Yeah, and, and you know, finding what I like, finding what I don't like. Just as important as finding out what you like. Thank you. Did you read uh, Amy Poehler's book? I did. Do you remember that section? She was like, so often in America, we have this idea that you need to try and find out what you want to do. Find out what you want to do. But sometimes it's just as beneficial to find out what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. By finding what you don't want to do, even though that can be depressing, yeah. it really is just leading you toward what you want to be doing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That I'm sort of waxing over here, but... I love it. That's yeah. what this show's about. Wax. How does your experience, and you know, I, I know this is all very new, but how does your experience as a performer influence your work as a director? Mm. And... And vice versa. vice versa. Yeah, well, I'm finding it I'm finding it challenging right now because, like I said, this is the first time I've done it. Uh, and my natural instinct, if some, we go into rehearsals on Tuesday. Ooh. Yes. The day after this comes out. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so this comes out Monday. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, cross your fingers for me. Um, yeah, we just did some pre-pro, which was really exciting. That's short for pre-production. That's in the business, we call that pre-pro. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we did that, and that was the first time that I was setting my ideas and my thoughts and my work on people. And it's crazy. Uh, as an actor, my instinct is just to, like, show them what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Which we all know is, like, the no-no. Like, do we not don't give want, me a read. Do not give me a line reading. Yeah. Because I was scared in this when we were singing today. I was like, I, was like, I, didn't, I hope oh, I didn't give them no, a line no, you reading. didn't at all. No, you didn't at all. And plus, that's that's your music and your words, and I want... Your intent to come through when I'm yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, pre-pro. Yeah, but pre-pro. So I found myself jumping and wanting to, like, just jump in there and do it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you dummy. That's not the way. It's <laughs> not the way you do it. Because I've had that done to me before, and I hate it. Yeah. Because actors are smart. Actors yeah. are smart, and they they, you'd be foolish not to use their experiences. So it's been it's been. Um, a matter of switching how I communicate. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure it'll help me at some point, my acting experience. <laughs> but right now, it's it's almost like a, a hinder, a hindrance. Interesting. That's the word, right? Hindrance? Yeah, hindrance, yeah. Mr. Vocabulary. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's my, that's my instinct, is to jump in there and do it. It's like, no, if, if you find a way to lead them there... We'll get to a place together that I didn't think of and that they didn't think of. Right. And that's better. And we wouldn't have gotten there we without have each other. There. Hashtag collaboration, baby. Hashtag collaboration. Gotta do 2015. it. <laughs> musicals li- hashtag musicals live here. here. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been interested in directing yourself? Like, like directing yourself? Yeah. Um, well, my, my cabaret shows, I've never had a director. Really? Yeah. Wow, um, that is impressive because like the um, the, the sizzle reels that I've seen um, are very tight. Thanks. Yeah, like Thanks. I f- I feel a director's hand. Mm. You know, that's great to hear yeah, on my shoulder. On my shoulder, <laughs> whispering. Uh, yeah, I've I've yeah so directed that's a them myself. To you. Yeah, but you have an MD. Who's... I have an MD, and you know what? I had this time around, which I've never had before. I had a good friend come in whose opinion I trust and whose uh, artistic sensibilities I think we align, uh-huh. but still a bit different. Yeah, so there's still so there's still something to get in. And he came in and just like t- 
t- we like ran the show for him, and he just tightened up a few things, and you know, it's so helpful to get that outside perspective. Absolutely, yeah. I guess part of it's part of it's a little fear too, you know, trusting someone else. You must understand. Oh yeah, constantly I'm terrified of just you know hand- handing over the keys, really. Because like, you're yeah, you can drive my Porsche. Yeah, trusting someone Into else to do right by your work. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Hmm. Flip. Can I ask you well, a question? Well, sure. Flip the mic oh, here. Oh my goodness. When, so I've been on this new adventure of directing, and I've, I've been trying to learn as much about that as I can, and I've been mm-hmm. talking to people, listening <clears throat> to interviews, and taking classes. Whatever. I'm not gonna. I'll learn the most when I'm doing it. But my question is, I've heard some people talk about like, um, you know, there are creators and there are interpreters. And a director is an interpreter. But then you hear some people, particularly with new works, like yourself, I'll, yeah. I'll talk about my experience too, but with yeah. new works, for you, is a, do you want a director to interpret your work or do you want a director to help shape dramaturgically? Um, mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say um, for my money and for where I'm at with my projects and where I'm at in my career... Um, the latter is much more helpful for me because I usually work alone. Mm -hmm. And so to have that other pair of eyes and hands and the other, another heart in the room, uh, Mm. definitely helps shape the work because otherwise it's just, um, I had a teacher once who was like, make sure you go out and like live your life while you're writing. Otherwise you're just going to end up writing shows about like your 10 toes (laughs) <laughs> and that's I think about that all the time and um so come see my show Ten Toes and Me Ten Toes and Me <laughs> a solo piece yes reflective in nature <laughs> and um so it's so I like getting a director on board as soon as possible and just having someone to bounce ideas off of and to tell me if something is bad or tell me something is good and mm-hmm. just you both know, equally important yeah so important and so just like throw, you know, and not just throw it on the wall, but, like, throw it on each other and mm-hmm. see what sticks. And That has been... I mean, because the writer and I, Ethan Anderson... <laughs> I keep plugging his name. <laughs> We've been working for, like, the past... Mm, month and a half, two months. <laughs> just going through and... Uh, I wouldn't say book doctoring, but I'll, we go through the script painfully slow mm-hmm. and all the lyrics, and I'm, I make sure everything is justified. And I'll, if I have questions about things... I ask him, and yeah. and we like we work like that. It's been so fun to go through, and because also he's been working on the show for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know he's just so close lose, to yeah, it. It's like you lose perspective. Yeah. So to have someone come in like a director and shape it up, I, I just think it helps the process immensely. I couldn't agree more. But you find writers, unfortunately, who are, and I've I've seen this happen on a number of levels. We've seen this happen on Broadway. We've seen this happen uh-huh. in many places where uh-huh. like writers are so, so proud and so stubborn that they won't change their work. Yeah. And it's like people are saying, this isn't working. Can we try this? Can we do this? And like, no, 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 no. It's just how I want it to be. This is what this is. This is my vision. This yeah, is my thing. Yeah, it's like, well, you're shooting yourself in the foot, buddy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that mentality. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I won't lie and say that that part doesn't exist inside of me. Well, if, I mean, well, but... And it comes out. It and comes it should. Out. I want people, you know, if, if someone's listening who actually knows me and is, like, laughing in their heads right now. Like, I do, I mean, like, that part is in me, and I have a lot of 
ego. Well, you've got it. Come on, you got yeah, to. You have to think that you're the hottest shit in the room. Yes. Uh, otherwise, no one else bleep! is going was to. Bleep? Yeah, it was totally a bleep. It was totally a bleep. <laughs> In case you missed it. Um, but no, you're right. You're totally right. You have to have that ego, and you have to. And there are some things you know you created it. You're like, no, this is the like, moment. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Yes. Yeah. So give and take. I think so. Yeah. I thought I never. It's, it's never either or. Mm-mm. You know. Yeah, and Ethan's been so good about that. And on the flip side of that, whenever he's like, no, this is how I meant it. What I this is exactly what I want. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Then I then I know that is really how you want it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if he's willing to give me some wiggle room on some things, when he really sticks his ground, I'm like, oh, this is very important, and I will, like, bring this out. I'll highlight this. Yeah. It's like yeah. a marriage. You know, give yeah. and take. Yeah. Collaboration. Collaboration. in 2015. <laughs> Musicals live here. here. <laughs> you better... I'm going to hashtag the... the <laughs> out of that. Yeah! <laughs> Bleep it. Bleep it. <laughs> Do you find yourself attracted to the same types of projects regardless of what hat you're wearing? Well, certainly with my cabaret work, I have an aesthetic I go for. It's that that quick, that comedy, that everything is timed to a T, so specifically. Um, Yeah, that's my my performance style. Uh And speaking to the cabaret work... I uh, chose that very specifically because I don't, I'm not interested in like, some people can do it, you know, like sad songs and, Mm -hmm. you know, really like self, like reflective like things. But I, I think that, you know what my, that aesthetic really comes from? Where? I think it probably, ooh, truth telling. I think it probably comes from a bit of insecurity with the ballads Mm -hmm. and emotion. Okay. You know? Yeah. I think... Yeah, that may be the first time I voiced that. But I think that's where, like, my choppy comedy comes from. Because I know I know that stuff can land, and I feel very comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's anyone's... Yeah. What they're drawn to is what they're... What they're comfortable. What they're comfortable in. With head voice, it's, it's totally new. A totally new frontier for me. Um, I'll tell you, actually, what the show's about a yeah, little bit. Yeah, if you're yeah, we're, we're there now. Um, yeah, the show is about... This guy, Eric, who retreats to his mind uh, to write a musical using the voices in his head. head okay. voice. There yeah. we go. And uh, he's writing this musical as a means of coping with some very serious things that are happening in his real life. So that's the, uh, that's the premise of the show. <coughs> I dig it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think it's cool. I don't know if, I don't think anything's ever been done like it before. Um, but it's very now, right now, with like the the Pixar Inside Out movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's topical. Know, certainly, maybe, you know. yeah. No, I, I think that's in vogue. I think it right always now. helps. It always helps when just accidentally there's other things kind of speaking to what you're speaking about, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh yeah, I totally timed this, and it's yeah. it's not. Yeah, you wrote an article, um, called. Ten musings, thoughts, and opinions on the current state of the American theater. Is that true? How pretentious of a title. It's really, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. The state of the American theater. Spelled with an R-E, not E-R. R-E, Which is, it's the only way to do it. It's the only way for an article like that. Yeah. Because I got to. You better, you better. Theater. The theater. Theater. In your article, 
I see, and, and you, and I think you should all read it. Um, where is it? Is it on a blog? Or it's is on it... Thought Catalog, and it's like, yeah, it was on like a blog I started, but I just started it to post this article. Mm-hmm. I like writing, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'll put it on my website. How about yeah, that? You should, and I'll I'll include a link on this to this. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, among the, the the ten musings, thoughts, and opinions, um, I felt that there was a common theme in them. Um, and I felt like what you were what you were really talking about was the danger of limiting yourself. I felt like that was kind of what was hmm. as an artist, yeah, or just like even as a person, like the um, both as, as as both as what will as what will be seen as and how we may stretch ourselves. So my question there is: is that why you're directing? That you don't want to, you know, like. Someone who's a, who's, who starts who even like ranks what they are and like I'm a singer dancer mm-hmm. I'm an actor actor I'm oh a, yeah did you, you know? did you I don't know yeah. at that point I was no like, that complete it's so bizarre that we've started doing that mm-hmm. my point when I was writing this is how sometimes people categorize themselves if you're at auditions <laughs> or whatever people be like so what are you and then people are like oh I'm a dancer first singer and then an actor and it's like that's I don't know how we fell into that, but that's not what we should all be going for. Because mm-hmm. we are all more unified than that. We are storytellers. And it's like, sounds cheesy, but yeah. I think it, there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure that that is probably one of the reasons I'm directing. is because, yeah, I, I, I don't want my vision and my, uh, my ideas as a creator to like have a single title. You ought to be limited to, you know, well, I really want to tell this story, but I can only do it through this, through medium. this medium. Yeah. Yeah. Which you, I'm I sure you have too. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we're all, I think people sell themselves short. Particularly, so I find that in, in, in dancers. Dancers yeah. don't think sometimes that they can act. And it's like, you are the, acting. Yeah, yeah. You are acting. You are telling a story through your physicality. Yeah. Acting is the arc. Yeah. It's over you, all of it. Yeah. And then another uh, another overall thing was just like stop hating, stop hating things. Oh my stop god! Stop just like the, yeah. the amount of hate and just the, the the dismissal of a Broadway musical that you know had a very short life, mm-hmm. but you know a lot of good things too. But like mm-hmm. because it had a short life, it immediately became a flop, which meant which then somehow implied that it was also oh, a disaster. Yeah. yeah, you know I. It's funny you bring that up. I um saw Doctor Javago recently. Did you see that? I did see that. Uh, and for my, for the bang for my buck, it was not a very good show. Um, <clears throat> but I went to this, um, talk back at the 92Y and some people have really enjoyed just like talking all over Dr. Chivago and just being like really nasty, which I don't, it's yeah, not, that helps no it helps one. nobody. And I went, yourself. yeah, uh huh. Higher level thinking right there. I went to the 92Y and it was a talkback with um, um, Lucy Simon, the composer, and Des McEnough, the director, and um, uh, some other of the creatives. And they were talking about this show. And they'd been working on it for five years. They were so passionate about the material, particularly Lucy Simon. She cared so much for the show. And it's like, these people didn't just like throw this together. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was so much heart behind it, so much thought, so much creative process behind it. And even though it didn't turn out to be, in my opinion, the best piece of theater in the world, there was a lot of merit behind it. 
artistically. So, and when we cut each other down like that, it's not serving anyone, like you said. Amen. And that's my thought on that. <laughs> but um, bum. Are you working on Now it's time to set up the song. Fab. And um, so, so Charlie was kind enough and generous enough to learn and perform a brand new song from Mackenzie and the Missing Boy, which is called Henry's Other Golden Rule. And that was accompanied by Mike Petrie today, um, who's amazing. Yeah, he's fab. Yeah, he's good. He's good people. You should work with him. Yeah. He's a very talented writer. Mm-hmm. Um, just an overall extraordinary human being. Um, so, I guess I should set this song up. So, so in addition to my New York Musical Theater Festival concert, that's July 7th, um, I'm preparing for a couple of readings and a and ultimately a concert of McKenzie and the Missing Boy, which will happen with New York Theater Barn. Yes, I think July twentieth. I don't. I I don't know. Check your calendar. And um, that's great, Joel. Thank you very much. And it's you know it's my Jazz Age score, and I'm really stoked about it. And it's original uh, kind of noir melodrama. It's 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 dark, but the music's light. And um, so I'm really in, enjoying uh, finding that piece right now. And in, in this incarnation of, of Mackenzie, uh, she has this teenage son who's in, who's in this orphan asylum, and his name is Henry, and he's about 15, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pull those back, you don't pull have to pull them back. back very hard. Um, and he's, you know, he's in this orphan asylum with a bunch of kids who are younger than he is, and he's he's stuck in this orphan asylum, and, um, you know, and back in the 30s, you know, there was there were cutoff ages and there were, you know, where you're, like, you're considered a man now at this age. And for, for reasons unbeknownst to him, he's still in the asylum and he's surrounded by kids. And, um, so he's kind of seen this big brother who, whatever he says is pretty much scripture to these kids. So he has a lot of pull on them and he uses that to his advantage, um, in, in good instances and in bad. And, um, and so this is kind of his, my, new philosophy kind of a song where he, you know, finally stands, he stands up and says, this is what I'm about. And this is my creed, my credo. Mm. And, um, yeah, you can kind of take it or leave it. And then it, you know, then he eventually grows and, you know, and then the boys join him and it becomes, you know, this, it becomes a production number and it'll be, um, fun and, you know, all that kind of stuff. They'll make it up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so yeah, that's, um, what the song is about. Thank you for singing it. Oh, of course. Yeah. I loved it. I had a lot of fun uh, collaborating with you on it. Hashtag collaborating. <laughs> Finding those colors. Finding, Finding those, those colors. Yeah, yes. just playing with it. Because I've never heard anyone sing it other than myself. Mm. So that was uh, very uh, rewarding for me. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, remember, boys and girls, this performance of Henry's Other Golden Rule will be available on SoundCloud and the individual sheet, digital sheet music on Repertoire both free downloads until the next episode. So if you like the song, and I'm certain you will, you can um, just download it and listen to it to your heart's content, and um, and then learn it yourself, and perform it, and record it, and put it on YouTube. Um, what's not to like about that? <laughs> <laughs> there it is, there are the instructions. Just do all those things, it's so easy. Um, be sure to become a premium subscriber, a perfect investment for voice teachers, burgeoning musical theater writers, and my fellow Broadway nerds in general. Uh, be sure to follow me on all things social media, and you can find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Please visit my guest's uh, website and his uh, social media 
uh, which is charliejohnsononline.com. And your Twitter handle is chipper underscore Charles. Yes. And um, are there any other sites or links they should be aware of? Um, you know, no, but I will tell you, come check out Head Voice at right. Nymph. Yes. We open July 17th, and yeah, we run through the 23rd. I think it's going to be really great, so come check it out. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. You will come see it, yeah? Of course I will. Okay, yeah. fab. And, uh, yeah, and then September 12th, I'm doing my encore of Charlie, Anything But Basic, at 54 Below. I love it. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, tell your friends all about it. Uh, my next episode is the founder and artistic director of the musical theater factory, Shakina Nafak. Which I hear incredible things about. Yeah. That seems to be a happening place It's these a days. great place. And you yeah. can get involved. By volunteering. Yeah, it's completely volunteer-based. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful program. Yeah, I've heard and, glowing things about that. Yeah, so I get to actually you know, sit down and have a one-on-one with the V. Shakino. That's great. Yeah. So I've, I'm sure a lot of yeah. interesting things Who just won a Lily Award. No way! Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, special thanks today to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, uh, Steph- Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics, Mike Petrie for accompanying us today, uh, Michigo Rehearsal Studios, the only... The only jazz studios <laughs> in NYC, baby! <laughs> Can you believe it? It's a ba-da-do-da-do! Bow-bow! Thank you. It's like, don't leave me hanging! <laughs> Never. Uh, thank you for hosting us today, Michigo. And last but not least... Charlie Johnson, thank you for being on my show. Thank you for having me, Joel. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, too. Uh, From Michigo Studios in New York, this is Joel B. New. And Charlie Johnson. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. always tells me how I gotta have a plan. Give your life direction if you want to be a man. Save your pennies, read your Bible, never act the fool. Pity no one taught her Henry's other golden rule. I don't want presents. I don't want prayers. Long as I got me, who cares? I'll make it up. I'll make it up as I go along. I don't want family, cause they all died. <laughs> Long as I am here by my side. I'll make it up, I'll make it up as I go along. Live to lie another day, nothing good is gonna stay. Don't not have you dare to say I'm wrong. No need to love me, no need to try. Long as I am still standing by. I'll make it up, I'll make it up, I'll make it up, I'll make it up, as I go along! (laughs) 
Something New is a proud member of the Folio Group.